Catholic Champion Podcast. My name is Matthew Belisario, and today I want to talk about rationalism, and talk about Sola Scriptura, and the papacy, and looking at all these things from a pure rationalist standpoint. Now, I recently had a uh, conversation with Dr. White, James White, over at Alpha and Omega Ministries, and I called him to his radio show, and we discussed the papacy. And, of course, um, a lot of Dr. White's arguments are based on looking at history, looking at the Church Fathers, which is, which is fine. Those are good things to do. But, as we know, some people can, or, or, or virtually all of us, can read history and interpret it the way we want to interpret it. We can read a book full of historical facts and historical happenings, and we can read into why they happened and, and so forth and look at different scholars that agree with our points of view. We can, I can read a Catholic historian, and they'll favor my side, and I can read a Protestant historian, and they'll, they'll favor their side towards Protestantism and so forth. So although all these things are good, and reading history is a good thing, and the Church Fathers are a good thing, when it comes down to, again, is a, a matter of historical interpretation. Now, Dr. White likes, likes to present arguments to Catholics, like the papacy. And, for instance, he always looks at the first 300 or so years of the church. And he likes to say, okay, can you prove the papacy from the first 300 years of the church? If you can't, it's not true. This is all a development of the Roman church, and it's not, nothing to do with Christianity, and it's all extra-biblical, and so on and so forth. So what I wanted to do to prove a point is to look at Sola Scriptura in the first 300 years of the church. Because if James White, or not just him, if, if any Protestant apologist can apply these set of standards, the first 300 some odd years of the church, and apply that to the papacy, and make the Catholic prove his point from from historical standards, and of course they look at scripture, granted, but once again we're going to fight over the interpretation of scripture, aren't we? We're going to fight over how to interpret it. So, where does that leave us? Where does it leave a rationalist who's going to look at these things from a pure rational standpoint, add up all the evidence that he can collect, and for himself sit down and decide what the truth is? Now, we'll take a look at Sola Scriptura in the first 300 years of the church. Here are some, a few facts for you. There was no established New Testament biblical canon in the first 300 years of the church. There were local churches in different parts of the known world at the time where Christianity was spreading to, and they used different books. There were different uh, texts used for the New Testament canon. And um, so we can we know for a fact that like the Shepherd of Hermas was used as scripture in some churches. Um, there were different uh, the different uh, New Testament that were considered canonical as far as being read in the, the liturgy and so forth, and that, that what a lot of Christians considered is as to be scripture like First uh, Clement and uh, the Revelation of Peter and, and the Book of Hebrews was disputed and. Any extra, uh, any non-Pauline epistles were often not considered scripture. And I believe it is a fact um, that St. Clement of Alexandria, uh, around the year 200, was the first person to make use of the non-Pauline epistles and to call them scripture. So are we to look at St. 
Clement of Alexandria as a heretic. Uh, the early Christians before him didn't use the non-Pauline epistles as scripture. Now we have a new development. A development in Christianity. Now we have a person proposing that these non-Pauline epistles are scripture. So who are we supposed to believe? For a rationalist, why not go back to the earliest Christians you can find? Why do we have to follow a teaching of Sola Scriptura, which is apparent that the earliest Christians did not follow? I believe many Protestant apologists will even admit this, but they try to tell us that once the New Testament was written down, now that's what we have to follow. Well, to my knowledge, Jesus never told us that, did he? Did Jesus tell us once the New Testament was going to be finished, that everything would change, and the authority would all move over to a written text only? I don't see this to be a plausible rationalist argument. Uh, it looks to me like the early Christians didn't use Scripture alone. They looked at the Old Testament as Scripture. Uh, that was the only Scripture they had to look at in the first years of the church. It was old, the Old Testament. That was Scripture to them. They were being guided by the apostolic uh, uh, kerygma, the oral kerygma taught by the apostles. That's what they learned. They didn't learn it from the New Testament. Uh, certainly there began to be New Testament books circulated at early years of the church, but once again, they didn't all agree on them. They didn't all have the same canon. They didn't all have, there was no canon. They didn't all de uh, determine what books were going to be used. That became to be developed. Now, um, a lot of Protestant apologetic or apologists love to try to pin down Rome as subscribing to a development of doctrine. They, they, they look at Cardinal Newman and they, they claim that Cardinal Newman had to shoehorn this argument into uh, a development because it can't be proven from early history. Well, it just depends on your perspective of early history, doesn't it? And it depends on how we look at early history and how it depends on how we interpret the church fathers. So, what is it, where does this all leave a rationalist? Where does this all leave somebody who's going to leave all this up for their own discretion purely based on a rationalist mentality. I'll tell you what it's going to lead to. It's going to lead to whatever they're biased towards to begin with. They're going to read this with whatever uh, whatever baggage they've come with, whatever uh, mentality that they have that they're predisposed to from their life, life, what they've learned throughout life. They're going to read this historical things, they're going to read these, and they're going to, they're going, going to interpret it as best as they can. But as we know, the human being, human beings are not infallible. They are only rational creatures if we're left to our own natural ends. This is why, although all these are useful tools, which I will totally agree with, and they have great, a great place in apologetics, they are not the end. Uh, the, these things are not, uh, aren't the uh, primary tools that will, that will lead to someone's conversion that will lead to somebody to step into the Catholic Church and accept it. There has to be a gift of faith here. This takes grace of God. And only those people that are going to cooperate with the grace of God, that have an open heart, that are going to look at these things uh, with uh, the eyes of Christ, are going to see these things. Now, sure, we'll have people that are going to argue and say, oh, here we go, uh, he can't defend his arguments from history, so he's going to make up something else. Well, as once again, let's, let's, put, let's apply the same argument to the, canon, the New Testament canon for the first 300 years. And I want to see a consensus of what books were used, all of them. And I want that to be the, 
the topic to be debated by somebody. I would love to see that. The, you know, up to the year 300, prove what the New Testament canon was by your own rational historical research. You're going to come up with all kinds of different answers. If I was to put a group of people in an office, locked up with the first 300 years of church father writings and uh, all the history books that pertain to the first 300 years of Christianity, and that's all they were limited to. They weren't allowed to know what the New Testament canon was in the end. They weren't allowed to know what the church had decided throughout the ages. They weren't allowed to know any of these things. I am uh, very, very sure that we would have several, several, several different people, different interpretations of all these things. And that is why rationalist, a purely rationalist mentality is not going to give us the answers we want. They can help us see, look at, make a educated, uh, make an educated decision about about the church and, and so forth. But in the end, in the end, it's not going to be what many people are going to be converted by. Um, so that is, that's just something I wanted you to think about. Um, think about as you go through reading the church fathers and reading early church history and so forth to think about that, that it's going to take more than just this. It's going to be faith at the root. It's going to be God leading you to the truth. It's going to be you being led to search for the truth, to really have something in your heart that says, you know, let me look at this again. Let me look at the first 300 years of the church. Let me look at these things of what Rome claims. The, the Catholic Church. Maybe there is some merit to it. Okay, maybe I don't see it all. Maybe, maybe it doesn't, uh, maybe I'm not seeing it here. Let me go read some other books and get their point of view from it instead of just reading always from your biased position. And I try to do that as well, to go to a Protestant source and look at it or to a non-biased historical source and look and see what they wrote about it. And these are all good things to do. But in the end, I do believe you're going to have to be illuminated by God by grace to lead you into the church. Not because it's not rational, because I do believe it's rational. I don't believe faith and reason are contradictory. However, I do believe faith usually precedes reason. And so our intellect on a human level, on a strictly, uh, strictly speaking, on just a natural level, our intellect is flawed. And so that's why we have to be elevated by God's grace up to a supernatural level something that's elevated above our normal rationalist mentality in order to really get it. So this is just something that uh, I would like for you to just to, to consider. And I thank you for listening to this podcast, and I hope that, uh, that God continues to bless and keep you. Until next time, thank you very much.